welcome to VIP Boxing's Bell to Pell podcast. I think we're on episode 42. So uh, we put a lot of effort into it the last year or so. So if you can leave a review for us wherever on YouTube, iTunes, Spotify, that'll be great. Um, I'm Steve Lillis. And as usual, my co-host, John Evans. You okay, John? You've had a good bank holiday Monday. Yeah, not bad at all, Steve. And uh, we've got someone uh, on this week who I think's made for this type of thing. Uh, one of the best uh, talkers and most promising up-and-coming fighters in the country, I'd say. i tell you what, yeah, we, well, with us is, I'll do the introductions. It's um, Brad Ray who's joining us from his training camp in Hyde. I don't know why we're not all together because we're about five miles <laughs> apart, the three of us. Uh, I'd say Brad's one of the, the best upcoming middleweights. And there's a few, there's a few of you guys, Bradley. I was looking, I think I was chatting to you briefly about the division yesterday on, on WhatsApp. And there's a few of you, you know, like Ufodia, and there was a couple other names I think I mentioned to you, all up and coming at the moment, aren't there? Who in about 18 months are going to be knocking on the door when these guys maybe like Felix Kasher going to world level. Yeah, definitely. It's booming the uh the middleweight division at the moment, domestic list. So I'm looking forward to to getting stuck in over the, the next couple of years and hopefully make, getting in some big fights. Is there any of them lads you're looking at, you know, or you think, or you, you know, particularly, if there's one fight that you're looking at, you're thinking, well, I'm going to have to beat him to get to the British title, you know, who's got a similar record to you? Um, there's, there's just so many good good lads there, to be fair. You know, I've said, I've said a few times I'd love the Nathan Heaney fight. Um, you've got the likes of... Like River Wilson Bennett, who, yeah. who's a good fighter. I think he's fighting for the English next. You've got Udofia and Brad Pauls, who have just signed with Wasserman. So, you know, there's some good fights to be made. And uh, I'm looking forward to throwing my heart in the, uh, throwing my name in the mix over the next year or so. I was talking to uh, Denzel Bentley yeah. earlier. Um, good lad, Denzel. But I think he's a, an illustration, Brad, of just how fast this can go. It's just over a year to the day since he boxed Mick Hall on BT Sport. And look what yeah. happened to Denzel there. He went quick, didn't he? He fought Hall, Heffron, Heffron, Cash, all within five months. All of a sudden, he became one of the biggest names in the British middleweight division. And that's just how quick this can move, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. And it's just why um, I'm even more focused and I'm even more on it all the time now, you know, um, just trying to live the life as much as I can and know that, you know, the phone could ring any time for one of these big fights. Yeah. There's a bit of momentum with you, isn't there, after the Lee Cutler ring? Well, that was a few months ago. So when can we expect to see you out soon? I think Woody was hinting to me the other day. There's going to be an announcement very soon, isn't there? Yeah, it's looking this week, mate. I've been keeping it off short for a while now, trying not to tell everyone, but um, so there'll be some news this week. So really That's excited. what I'm hearing anyway. That's what I'm hearing. Well, I'm sure That's I'm sure, the word on the streets. I'm sure by the time in a couple of days when this podcast has been out 24, 48 hours, we'll know where you're going and when you're out. So, you know, every just be patient to all your mates and they'll know in a couple of days. Um. Right, I tell you what, we'll get going, John. And uh, John, we're not going to start with you this week. I'm sorry about that because uh, you've got a good topic at the end. So don't hold it against me. What we do, Brad, three-minute rounds. And at the end of the three minutes of every round, John gets a little bit nasty with his... Where's your bell? Oh, where's your bell? <laughs> because I'm yeah. starting, John, have you got the timer ready there? We're all ready to go, Steve. You start when you want. Right. Um, round one, um, wonder or waste and... I've got my, you know, I just wonder what you guys think. I know you would, you would have all seen 
Anthony Kakachi in action the weekend. I thought he was absolutely brilliant versus Sam Bowen. And he was just as good against Liam Woodstock. I think he did a better job on them than Archie Sharp or, or, or on Woodstock than Archie or Zelfa Barrett. Uh, but I just wonder if it's going to be one of those sort of Joey, Joe Selkirk type careers that doesn't get to where it should. His inactivity is crazy. I was looking earlier. He had seven fights in his first 12 months. And since March 2012, he's only had 13 fights. That's nine and a half years. Um, you know, the Sharp fight hopefully could be there. The Barrett fight, I don't think there's a chance in fighting Zelfa. He's not in the top 15 of any governing body. And I'm just hoping that he can get this activity, get his act together and really make a splash because I think he's a tremendous fight. And a number of Irish boxers who've been saying for years how good he is, is off the scale. Um, I just wonder where you two guys see him going over the next two years, whether he's going to make it or whether, you know, the inactivity is going to cost him. Yeah, go on, Brad. Yeah, um, like you said, inactivity for a boxer is probably the worst possible thing. But I think there's some massive fights for him to be made domestically, like you said. Um, the sharp fight is probably the most likely one. And if he can keep the ball rolling like he has been doing, um, like you say, look, really impressive the other night. Um, you know, I don't see why not, but is it too little, too late for him to push on to kind of that? that world, world level or even, you know, European and stuff like that. But um, there's some big fights to be made and he's exciting and he's good to watch. So people are always going to want to, want to tune in and watch him. Yeah, he's going to have to go on this British title route, isn't he? Because no one's going to volunteer to fight him, are they? No. It's going to take a, him working himself into a mandatory position or a, a good amount of cash. You know, Archie Sharp's right up there with a WBO That's ranking. Fight, to, yeah. Would he willingly fight Kakachi unless he was getting a, a good payday for it? I'm like you. I, I think Anthony could probably have got rid of Leon, you know, in the second half of that fight. But he took his foot off the pedal, just got through to the end of it. Um, I thought Leon actually boxed pretty well, actually. He had to, uh, you know, to stay in there. But, yeah, I, I, I think Kakachi's got that that little, um, what would you call it? Not an X factor, but that little element of danger, hasn't he, when you're fighting where he, he could yeah. really do some damage, you know, maybe a little bit more than the other super featherweights. Yeah, that's what I'm saying, John. The fact he hasn't got that top 15 ranking, it's going to be so hard to, for him at 32 to get that. Say, for example, someone like Brad suddenly appeared at 15 in a ranking. You'll be happy to take two, two and a half years, get into that mandatory position. You can pick your fights, but he hasn't even got a world ranking. And if he, he might get a world ranking now, but he's still going to be going in, the, you know, at the lower echelons of it where he hasn't got the time to, to, to you know, to build up to the mandatory. And no one's going to want, want the... Round two, over to you, Brad. And I think you're going to talk about a fighter that um, everyone is a fan of right now. He's so hot, Josh Taylor. Yeah, I just think Josh is probably one of the best, the most complete fighters we've had come out of Britain. And, you know, I don't know, one of the best I can remember. Obviously, I'm only young in my lifetime and I like watching all the old fights and stuff. And he's just, I just think he's just so complete. He can do it all. Um, and I just think it's hard to look, you know, at the weights, especially in the weights in below, uh, he is now, but even below and above for fighters who, who could possibly beat him. And I think the two that stand out for me are uh, Tia down at lightweight and Crawford above. But even then, you know, I'd, I'd, it, there'd be close fights and on his night, I'd back him on uh, on beating. Well, <laughs> definitely Tia Crawford's a big ask, but 
you know, you never know the way he's looking and he's just getting better anyway. Um, just getting better all the time. And, you know, I really don't know if there's anyone out there that can beat him. Crawford's probably the one that stands out to me. But yeah. like I said, on his day, especially with the way Josh has been performing, I think he'd be up to it. So I think that's the level he's at, isn't he? When you talk, we're talking about yeah. Tifimo yeah. and Crawford as the two who could beat him. He's at that elite level. I, I'm like you, Brad. I love him. You know, he, he will fight anybody. And I, do you know what else I like about him? He's got that nasty, spiteful, horrible streak. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, he's showing it against Ramirez, didn't he? He was yeah. hitting on the break and he was working. And I love that about him. He's just anything, anything to win. Anything to win. And he's even like that on his on his Twitter and his Instagram. If someone slights him even a tiny little bit, he's <laughs> on them, isn't he? Freddie Roach said, was joking about him last week and Josh took it the wrong way and he was like an attack dog straight <laughs> on his... I, I love that about him. Yeah, he's, he's one of my favourites at the minute. I'll just grab it off. I agree with you. I think only the elite welterweights can give him a fight right now. He's at that 18 to 24 month peak that boxers seem to, great boxers seem to go on. But going back to the nastiness and I might get cut off here. About a year ago, I had to take him to a press conference in Glasgow because he was in Manchester staying about a mile from me at the village in Ashton. And um, we had a nightmare journey getting up there. We had to get a cab from Carlisle. When we got a cab back to Carlisle to get to Manchester, we had about two hours to kill. We went in the Nando's for about two hours and he was nothing but brilliant, brilliant company. Uh, but what was obvious in this two hours he is pure spite. He's nasty. <laughs> he is just nasty. You know, he's got that nasty thing about the way he would speak about fighters. When he says he wants to hurt them, he means it. And by the way, when I say he's nasty, he's a lovely fella if you sit down with him as well. Really nice guy. But fighters just aren't the same even after they beat him. Campos, Postel, Martin, Baranchek have all been beaten since since he beat them. And they're, you know, he's... I'm cut off there. Round three, over to you, John. A man who might be fight. Who, who's, who's been mentioning Josh Taylor? Yes, well, whisper it. Whisper it. Don't say it too loudly, but I think we're getting closer and closer to Javante Davis fighting a big name at, at his own weight. You know, he, he held these three WBA belts, didn't he? Super feather, lightweight and light welter. Um, they've made him give up the super featherweight one, and that narrows his options now to lightweight and light welterweight. And if you look at the names in those divisions it's going to be pretty much impossible for him not to fight a big name now. You know, he's, Barrios has got to be his last guy that's not a, a top five fighter. I love Tank. I, I think he's a little bit like Taylor, actually. I think he's got that nasty streak. You know, he's put, produced some horrendous finishes, hasn't he? Um, and I think he actually would fight people. I think it's probably the people yeah. behind him holding him back. But I think it's at the time now where Davis's options are so... so narrow in those two divisions, he's got to fight a big name. And I just hope it's next one up. I've got a feeling he's going to be one of those fighters we only see once some years, twice a year if we're lucky. I've just got a feeling he's going that sort of Floyd Mayweather route where it's all about the money and we're not going to, we're not going to be a champion that fights three, four times a year. But as you say, John, the fights for him, Devin Haney, Tiafimo, Josh Taylor down the line if he jumps up to light welter, Lomachenko, Ryan Garcia. There are just, there are, there is so much out there for him. And, and as I say, the, I think the money appeals to him and he'll go for these fights. Especially our lightweight division as well. And it's kind of exciting because a lot of them top lads are also young, aren't they? They're all yeah. early 20s, a lot of them still. And um, so, whereas, you know, when he got to Florida and Pacquiao and that kind of area of fighting and it happened a bit too late, surely these have got to get in with each other while they're all in the primes and they're all 
you know, still um, in the prime of the career. You've got Haney and Garcia and obviously Tiafimo. You know, you might, uh, I've heard people compare him to potentially, you know, the likes of Hagler and Hearns and Joanna Leonard and it's a big ask, but uh, you never know over the next few years, you know, you could see some great fights with him. You hope so, because we... Sorry, John. If we're going to mention them in them terms, they've actually got to get in the ring. You know, Hagler, Hearns, Duran and Leonard, we fought nine times between themselves. Is that what it was, yeah. Fellas haven't even said each other's name nine times yet, have they? So, (laughs) we need to actually sign some contracts and get on with it. I hope so, because, you know, we didn't get, you know, we don't seem to be getting these welter classics that we want. Um, you know, you know, mentioned Floyd Mayer, him and Pacquiao was like six years too late. These guys are young. You know, you know, when Floyd and Manny were, were you know, were talking and fighting each other, they were still, you know, Manny was in his 30s. Floyd was, you know, Floyd was might have been. A little around, you know, a little bit older. I'm not, I'm not quite sure what he was. He was around there. They should say these guys as a baby still. Um, yet, round, round four. You know, we're going to get away from the stalkers at superstars. Talk about small hall shows that we you know shows that Brad's box boxed on. But I think he's going to go a bit big time on us soon, John. Anyway, yeah. Brad Ray. Um, he's been a, he's been on these small shows. Just looking, there's 25 shows in Britain on that aren't rec- that on that aren't on recognised TV in September, and just looking at them all, I just don't get the the sanity with a lot of them. Um, perhaps you know we should get Steve Wood on to talk about this, but is it, you look at them. There's so many in the same areas of the country, hours, days apart. This weekend you got two shows in Liverpool. 24 hours apart, a show in Colne as well, which isn't too far away, um, the same night as one of the Liverpool shows. The following week, you've got shows in Bolton and Oldham, and I just don't think, I just wish promoters could get together to avoid these date clashes. Now, I'm a lot older than, than you fellas are, um, and I go back to the 1970s and 80s, and when National Promotions, Mickey Duff's organisation, had a show on in London, no one could go there for 14 days. Now, Surely, now I understand tickets are going really well for the shows at the moment, but that's because people haven't been out. But you know, this is a this is a problem that's going to crop up and crop up. And I think promoters, the board, have got to get together to have some sort of seven day window for a lot of these shows, seven day gap. Yeah, it's it's going to get difficult, isn't it? You just the, the number of problems is going to be opponents is the big one. That is at the moment. Yeah, we were talking about this with John Pegg, what three months ago. And we could foresee this coming, couldn't we? Where there just won't be enough opponents to go around. Um, I don't know what the laws are with people coming over at the minute, but it's it's going to be extremely difficult for these lads who are two, three, four, and old to build records. I know they've all been nagging, pestering these small old promoters, haven't we, to get on and get out. So we're just taking advantage of the novelty of, of people wanting a night out at the moment. But when it gets to October, November, December, and there's still a backlog, it's going to get really, really tricky. And, and maybe like Windows is the way to do it. Do you think it could make a few of them, the prospects, boxing each other, taking them risky fights earlier? You know what? In some cases, maybe, yeah. But then what if you've got two really good kids in the division? Okay, say, for example, you was back on the small hall circuit, Brad, and you were seven and zero, and Steve would add another kid, seven and zero. You know, for a lot of these guys, are these fights better to, to hold on to for another year when there's proper money for them as well? You know, it's a real tricky one. I, I get that. And I think Steve has spoken about putting them against each other. But I also think you've got to think of the fighter. And in 18 months' time, 
could that fight be worth a few grand more to each lad? Yeah, definitely. Especially when you're on that, the small old circuit and you know it's a little bit... Sorry, Brad. Well, the that. There's the bell. Over to you, Brad. And you want to talk about some Cubans? Yeah. Um, I just think watching the Olympics, it was, it was just so good to see because... Um, it was the Cubans were just back at the best. They were just run, absolutely running the gaff left, right, and centre. <laughs> and I think um, over the last kind of ten years, um, you know, it, it kind of that Eastern European style had took over. The Russians were cleaning up, and the Ukrainians and the Kazakhs and stuff. But I just think this year the, the Cubans have been unreal. And although it was at the expense of a lot of GB lads. It was it was great to see. Um, I think Andy Cruz was a standout for me, yeah. but you know I think you could pick any of him, any of him who, who went on to win the gold. And um, yeah, we always remember as a kid. You what? You've probably seen it, the uh, Sons of Cuba documentary, and I used to think, you know, how they come from nothing and win these gold medals, and it was just absolutely meant to see. Every time there was a Cuban on, I was making sure I was uh, I was tuning in. Yeah, the one I love um, um, is the the one the guy that won the heavyweight who got the light heavyweight silver in London, then won the gold in 2016. The Julio, oh, the name's just gone from me there. Yeah, um, he was yeah, La Cruz. That. La Cruz, that yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. I, I just think he, he he's just superb. And you know what I wonder is why these guys don't make it at um, as professional. So many of them. I mean, I I go back, you know. Um, and I remember Glenn McCrory had some over in Newcastle, um, Luis Garcia and a couple others. And he just said, they arrive even in Newcastle and they think they've arrived in, in the big time in the world yeah. without having a because fight. They, they don't realise. Yeah. Yeah, yeah they were just I, a nightmare. I think you've seen it with like um, Gamboa, you know, he was out in LA, wasn't he, driving Ferraris <laughs> and stuff. And he'd come from absolutely nothing. And in a way, you don't blame him, do you? Because um, that is it. They've made it. They're making so much money. It's just a shock to them. And uh, maybe some of them fall off a little bit and aren't as dedicated as much. And maybe that's why in the pros, it's uh, it's a different story. But even if you look back, some of the the amateurs that never turned pro, you know, you've got like your Mario Kindle, I know even yeah. later, like Felix Savon and people like that. If they would have been out in their era, you know, they would have been cleaning up at the pro, I think. You can't blame them for living the eye life, can you? You know, you read yeah. stories about some of these rewards for winning gold medals being like a, a bike or a colour TV, don't we? You know, when they get onto Cuba. So when people like um, Gamboa or Robizi Ramirez, who I love from the last yeah. Olympic, when they get over the border, right. yeah, you can't blame them for losing reds a little bit for a few months, can they? Yeah, but I mean, eventually with the Cubans, the, the class does rise to the top, doesn't it? You know, the real good guys will get to world title level. You know, and I think guys like Casamayo was the one that really had the longevity at the pro. Hernandez. Um, yeah. Final round, John. Over to you. I know um, you're going to speak about someone you're very close to and uh, closer than most journalists, I should think. So far away. Yeah, it's, uh, there's only one fight to talk about, isn't it? And it's it's do or die for Josh Josh Warrington this week in his rematch with Maurizio Lara. And I was thinking about this today. Uh, if Josh wasn't himself back in February, was he? he? He didn't turn up. He wasn't focused on it. He overlooked Lara and he, he paid the price. And if Lara had out-hustled him and won a decision, I think everybody would be 100% confident that Josh could turn it around this weekend. But it was such a bad beating. Yeah. You know, it, was, it took so much damage. Um, 
I don't think anybody, and I'll include Josh in this, knows what's going to happen the first time he gets hit. You know, Josh might be 100%, but what happens when Lara lands at right hand? Will Josh have stuff he, he just mentally can't get over when he walks to the ring? Um, it's a complete unknown for me. I've spoke to Josh a lot, and he, he's fully bang up for this. And if he is himself, if he is 100%, if he's fully focused, I think he'll come through it. I think he'll win on points. I think he'll come through and just move on. And hopefully the biggest fight of his career isn't Maurizio Lara at Edinley Stadium. Hopefully he still gets this unification. But there's that little 1% in everybody's mind, even his closest friends and family will have that 1% mind. What happens the first time Lara lands? Yeah, definitely. Because it, it, it was like every time you hit him, it, it was, looked like you hurt him last time. Um, and like, you know, I'd, I'd love Josh to do it, but it's a very big ask. I think... The fans are going to have a massive difference, an absolutely yeah. massive difference. Um, I think half of me is kind of saying it's going to be an easy fight for him. It'll make that much of a difference. And I think we'll all go, wow, that's how much of a difference his fans make. And um, got my fingers crossed. Can't wait. Really looking forward to that fight. I hope Josh pulls it off. You know what? I think you know, John, I'm really worried about the fight. Um one thing when I seem to always, you know, when there's been fights that have been so conclusive the first time in the rematches, you rarely do see the turnaround. You know, you, they do happen, but it, it, it isn't often. And what worries me is, if you remember, John, before the first fight, we were watching YouTubes of, 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 of Lara and we were, you know, Everyone was knocking Eddie Earn and everyone else was, ah, oh, didn't they realise and all that. But if you looked at all those YouTubes of Lara, yeah, he looks heavy-handed, but he was almost punching in slow motion in a lot of those fights. And there was nothing there that you thought was a threat to, to, to Josh. And there was a lot of people, wise after the event, you never fight in a Mexican like that. But if you studied those YouTube videos, there was absolutely no qualms about taking that fight. And you know what? I, I think... I, I just I, I, I worry about the fight again this weekend because of our conclusive and we know Josh is right and you've been telling me John for a few weeks when we spoke that you know Josh is bang on but that was such a belting in that last fight and you know round five what happened and you know maybe if he hadn't gone out in, you stopped him round five I'd have been a little bit more confident I think it's such a hard hard fight for him and we know Lara will be right himself. You know, for Lara, he's a sort of guy. He isn't a name Mexican. So if he if he lost this week, he could vanish back into obscurity. You know, since that fight, you haven't heard Lara being spoken of as some Mexican star in the making by any American or Mexican writers. You haven't seen that. You know, and he's been in Croatia training, um, you know. So I, I, I think it's a big ask for Josh this, this weekend. And, you know... It, it, it is, this is, this is, when you call it do or die, um, it is, you know, if he, if he loses, that is in the end, it is the end. If he wins, there is a big fight out there for him because, you know, but if, and if Josh, I'm fought, you know, we all want him to win this weekend. You know, he's one of the nicest guys you can meet in boxing. He's done it the hard way on small hall shows. You know, you, you can't not want this guy to win this weekend. But it, it's a big ask. But I'd love him to win and then get that big fight that he craves before he finally does bow out. Because we do know that Josh is looking at the, you know, that the final is in the final furlong of his career. He admits that himself. Let's just hope it goes right for him. Yeah, he's a, like you said, I know there was a few opponents got turned down before Lara. Um, TV channels didn't think they were good enough and turned them down. And I think Lara might have been third choice. But at that point, Josh was flying. 
you know, it, it, he should have just taken care of him. You know, but yep. you, you can say afterwards, yeah, heavy-handed Mexican, you don't fight them. But Josh was in the form of his life, coming off that smashing of a French guy uh, to Cooch. He shouldn't have had any fears. And it just went horribly wrong. And I just hope it's not gone wrong to such an extent that it's, it's left scars that he can't get over. Uh, I, might, I shouldn't be biased doing this job, really, but my fingers are crossed that he, he, he can get through it. Just get past. doesn't matter how you win. doesn't matter how scrappy it is. Just get past this. Prove it was an off night and just get these uh, big fight on to finish your career with. You know what? You're allowed to be biased, John, sometimes, because some, you know, because though you're right about the sport and commentate on the sport, and you, you know, there's some fighters you, you just seem to care, you, we, we just can't help caring for more than most. I mean, you know, we're boxing fans as well as journalists, and Josh comes into that, into that category, I think. Yeah, he's a, he's a top. I'm sure you've been around him, Brad, haven't you? And I think early on in his career, people might have had the wrong idea about Josh, you know, with the, the Leeds fans going mad when Sky went and they just put two and two together and tied him in with the football earlier, all this carry on. They couldn't have been more wrong, you know, him and his dad and the people around him are, are good people and, and let's hope he can do it. Yeah, I, mean, I think he's, he's come up the hard way, hasn't he? And I think especially being a small hot boxer like me, it's, you kind of think, well, if he can do it, I can do it. So I, I've always loved watching him fight and um, you know, I've always backed him. Well, I've not always backed him. I've wrote him off before <laughs> and I've said, I'm not going to make that uh, mistake again because um, I wrote him off twice before when he's pulled it out of the bag. And, you know, you know he's got it there that he can pull it out of the bag because he's already done it. I, I like you, Brad. Is that something you do look at and think, well... And, and you can, like, break Josh's career down into stages, can't you? know, he, he plodded away on the small hall then... I remember he got the fight with uh, Samir Moonami on a Sky Undercard. For That's a, right, yeah, fight. in Hull. He was the away fighter. He was the away fighter. And then you get into the middle part of his career where he's building up British title and starting to headline. And then he breaks through to world. Is that like a plan that you can follow? Yeah, definitely. Because, you know, everyone knows going this route, it's hard. Like, when I turned over, I knew it was going to be hard. The first few years weren't going to be easy. But when you see people who, you know, have done it, it's there in the flesh, you know, it's uh gives you that, that little that little boost of confidence, knowing that it can be done and knowing that, you know, if you put the work in, it's uh it's definitely a possibility. That's it. You know, it's what we were talking yesterday, Brad, about, you know, you have to put in the hard work. And you know what? Maybe, you know, you can say not a bit of luck. Josh might would have still would have got the chances. But, you know, the, the, the football fan backing and the ticket selling certainly has, has given his career a big shove. And it's like Nathan Heaney now. And, you know, look, I'm not here to say, you know, at, you know, the, the, you know how good Nathan is or, or not. Well, you know, a lot of people, there'd be a lot of middleweights would fancy their chances against him. But you know what? You, he's, he's getting his breaks through the football crowds. He got he, he gets following him, the Stoke fans. And, you know, you just got to wish guys like that, you know, good luck to him. I'm glad you've got it because it's a hard old sport to get out there. You know, yourself, Brad, you know, you, you, you're, you've been on the small hall circuit. You're hopefully going to move on now. It's a hard, hard sport. And anything you can get to help you, you've got to take it. 100%, yeah. Um, I think a lot of it is... You know, jealousy when people look at him on these big shows and stuff, they're thinking, oh, that could be me. Um, but like you said, it's hard enough as it is. If you any chance of uh, getting a little leg up, you know, you've got to, you've got to take advantage of it. And how about that, right? If, if your career is going to mirror one like Josh, uh, fighting on an undercard on TV in the away corner against a home ticket seller, 
it's all lined up in it for you against here. You need to be the first step of your career. <laughs> I love it. They, they, they know Steve Wood's number. They know Steve Wood's number. I'll tell you what. I saw Florian Marku calling him out. <laughs> Nathan, <laughs> you know, look, I don't know if you know Nathan at all. He, he yeah, is a lovely fella. I don't think there's a, a fighter in Britain who's getting more people calling him out. I saw your tweet the other night. I was on a train. I was rushing back from... Um, no, I just got been from London, from football. And I saw your tweet, Brad, about give, if you can get me to Birmingham in an hour, I'll take the fight. You didn't even, even discuss him money. You know what? But, but you know what? And I just wish him good luck to him. And I hope before it, it, he does lose, I just hope Nathan makes good money. Yeah. Oh, gets that, gets that night, because... It'd be good, wouldn't it? It'd be good to see uh, Stoke, Stoke's uh, stadium full for a night, I think. Yeah, let him, let him have his night. I think they'll get to that stage of him. I, you know, you, you think you're talking next summer, that's only another three wins and you can get to that stage with Nathan. And you, you put something like the Dubois-Joyce rematch or something on the top of the bill, you have a big night there. Yeah. And just a, another one, Brad, before you go, you've got Bentley coming up against Andrew Robinson, you know. We're talking about Josh taking a, a bit of a pasting off uh, Lara and coming back. Denzel had a hard night with Felix Cash, didn't he? That was, it was a tough one for Denzel, that. And Andrew Robinson's no mug. How, how do you see that one going? Uh, yeah, you know, them type of fights, like you said, for Josh, it could be, you know, you can never be the same after, after um, a tough night's work. But I think with Bentley, because he is quite young and he's not been in many of them fights, like you said, he kind of... Uh, progressed really fast, didn't he? Um, just over a year or so. And um, I think he's going to come back. I think he, he's a good fighter, a solid fighter, and she'll get the win. Yeah, yeah I, th I think he'll do a number on, on, on Andrew. I think Andrew, <laughs> you know, the hard fights are catching up with, with Andrew as well. Now, you you know, obviously, the Liam Williams was a beast that night, but you've got to go back. Andrew's been, he's one of those middleweights we don't talk about enough for being in good fights. I mean, God knows how long ago that war he had with Frank Buglioni was. And since then, there's been plenty more wars with Andrew Robinson. Really, he's a, he's a, he's a middleweight I've really enjoyed watching, Andrew. But I think he's at that stage now where, you know, he's at that almost, um, you know, if you, if, you, you, if, you let, if you do a job on him properly now, you can go, you know, you can go on. He is, that, he is very much the gatekeeper now, isn't he? He is, he is. And uh, there you go, Denzel, add into the mix of, you've got Brad, you've got Nathan, Denzel, full of characters, middleweight division, and let's hope, like, like the world lightweights, we all get to, to see them sort themselves out over the next two years. And just one more question, while we've got, still got a couple of minutes before we get cut off on this, just your opinions on Felix Cash, Brad? Yeah, I think he's absolutely class. He was brilliant against Bentley, and I think he's... He can push on now. He can. I'd love to see the Williams fight. I think that'd be an absolute war. I think one of the best domestic fights that can be made. That and um, yeah, I think he's good enough to push on for European minimum and then push on to world level. And I think he's uh, he's definitely at that stage now where he's going to be throwing his throwing his name in the mix. But yeah, he, he was clad. Bentley's a good fighter. Bentley's a really really good fighter, and he was looking. You know, destructive. He was beating everyone he put in front of him, and the way Cash beat him, it was very impressive. What tells me how good Felix Cash? And I've asked that to a few boxers what they think of Felix Cash. I think Nathan Heaney actually said to me, "Any middleweight who wants him um, right now needs their head tested." Any British middleweight, <laughs> but every fighter I've spoken to, obviously you fight as you'd fight anyone. Every fighter I've spoken to 
has just lavished praise on him. There's not been one bit of criticism. And I think that tells you how good he is. What do you think of him, John, before we go? Great. He looks like the complete sort of fighter, doesn't he, and ready to step up. You know, he's, he's done domestic now and won emphatically. Looks like he can do a little bit of everything. He, he was a good amateur. He can, he can punch. Um, not scared of taking anybody on. Uh, yeah, I like Felix. It'd be really good to see him tested at world level. Well, we've, we've gone on tonight. We've covered a lot of topics. We've gone off topic. Uh, Brad, thanks very much for coming on. Hopefully, when you've had your next fight, we'll get you on again and you can talk about what that was like. Um, and I hope it's the, the announcement we all want to hear this week for you. John, thanks as always. And thanks for Lloyd the dog making a guest appearance there at the end. He's, he's always welcome. Um, thanks, everyone else who's listened. And uh, we'll see you all soon. Yeah, Thanks a lot, guys. For all boxing, info, news, and latest interviews, amateur and pro, across and off, click and subscribe. VIP, boxing promotions. Also, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook.